0: Hello, this is Alex and you are listening to Equity Monday. Today is August 17th, 2020. And here's what I am seeing this morning. There was a host of big tech news circulating over the weekend and this morning, which I rate as kind of overall good for startups. In short, when companies get super big, they get slow and greedy. And that's when small companies can kind of crop up and kick them firmly in the back of the pants. So let's hear how well the last few days went for your favorite tech giant. Well, Reuters writes that, quote, Germany's antitrust authority has launched an investigation into Amazon's relationship with third-party traders selling on its site. Germany is Amazon's second most popular market after the U.S., the same report states. Regulators are worried about Amazon setting prices for its marketplace. Next, CNBC writes that, quote, Canada's competition bureau announced Friday it is launching an investigation into whether Amazon's conduct on its marketplace has hurt consumers and companies that do business in the country. This investigation appears to kind of rotate around the ability of external Amazon marketplace sellers to sell elsewhere, sans penalty. In short, both investigations appear to center around market fairness, not a great spot for Amazon, which has been kind of caught in various media reports breaking its own internal rules over not using third-party marketplace data to power its product decisions. Ugh. Sticking to our theme, Google is telling Australians that a new government scheme to get the American search giant to, as the Guardian put it, share a portion of its multi-million dollar advertising revenue with Australian media organizations and newspapers, end quote, is not very good for citizens of the country. Google is not enthused about how the tide is shifting against its current model and is sharing those grievances in an open letter it's distributing via pop-ups. The Australian Competition and Consumer Commission, the ACCC, Said that Google's letter quote contains misinformation, as the Guardian notes, so things are going well. Finally, Apple and Google are under consumer fire for booting Epic Games, which means Fortnite, off of their platforms, and, at least in the case of Apple, not allowing cloud gaming platforms onto its App Store. Walled gardens, a setup that may have helped smartphones kick off the app boom, are increasingly appearing creaky and rent-seeky with age. More on all of that in a minute, but what a neat time for ambitious startups to take on the incumbents. And finally, futures are up this morning, so the stock market is about to have yet another good day. Those are the headlines for this Monday morning that I am reading. Before we get deeper into the private markets, do not forget that Equity is on Twitter where we post all the headlines, jokes about myself, and polls for the show. It is good fun and we would love to have your participation. So hit up at EquityPod on Twitter. And with that, let's go. I can't help but take stock of the news we ran through up top and not think that this is the most vulnerable big tech has appeared in some time. These companies are desperately wealthy and desperate to hold on to their wealth and revenue growth to appease public market investors. And it appears that these American tech companies are unable to bend, which means that the right startup could cause them to break. Apple can't open its platform as it is hell-bent on collecting about a third of the value of all third-party transactions that happen there. It's not really a surprise, in retrospect, that Apple's initial goal of the web being good on iOS went out the window. Once the App Store came out, as Apple can't really collect a huge cut of the web in the same way that it can on a closed marketplace where it is judge, jury, tax man, and executioner. So Apple is going to make its platform a little bit worse to protect its existing revenue setup, which makes it vulnerable to disruption. And Google can't afford to do anything but make its ad-driven products like search a little bit worse as time goes along to keep driving those incremental ad clicks as it is out of profitable ideas. We can see that from its ever-unprofitable Other Bets skunk works. So Google keeps making decisions that are not really in its users' best interests and spends time and energy, I don't know, fighting a war with Australia, which certainly doesn't make the company more resilient to disruption. It makes it look kind of petty, I think. And Amazon can seem to not chip over its own feet across the globe, possibly inserting itself in all sorts of brouhaha's. This means that Amazon is going to be focused less on building a great service and more focused on cleaning up its own messes. And of course, that leaves it vulnerable to disruption. And also because Amazon's marketplace is stuffed with filler and its UI is bad, right? All this is to say that for startups out there looking to build stuff that can, in time, with growth and capital and a widening feature set, take on bits and pieces of what big tech currently owns, how good is all this news? It's great. Well, it's not great for big tech, but it's damn good for startups who want to go out there and do more than vertical SaaS for the next micro niche. And of course, it's good news for the investors with enough guts to actually shoot for outsized returns via their good friend risk. So some of them, you know, some. Now, let's talk about a few funding rounds that stood out as we caught up early this Monday morning. Now, let's talk about a few funding rounds that stood out as we caught up early this Monday morning. Well, starting from home, TechCrunch's John Shebert wrote about Help Lighting, which has raised $8 million from Resolve Growth Partners. Now, the company is based in Alabama, which is a state that is not really known for its tech output, if you're not from around here. The company sells a service that provides tablet-based AR tech, so far as we can tell, to help show and fix issues in, say, wiring for consumers and field service employees alike. It's actually legitimately cool. And you know, learning more about it this morning, we were kind of impressed. It's a great way to use actual tablets and actual AR, things we can kind of do to provide a real in the world healthy service. It's it's neat. Next up, we have Agiloft, which raised $45 million recently in a growth round. The company, which VentureBeat describes as quote no code contract and commerce lifecycle management may be somewhat cool. However, Agileoft has one of those websites that has many many words, but for outsiders like myself and maybe you, very little verbiage that helps explain actually what it does. But hey, you know we see 45 million dollars for no code, and we perk up. Uh, to wrap this section, a little di- you know a little something different, uh, an exit. From late Friday night that you might have missed. Vertifor, an insurance software company, sold for around 5.35 billion, according to Insurance Journal. The insurtech tech market is staying hot in the wake of Lemonade's big IPO. Hippo just raised a big round, all that's going on. Just data point. And finally, this morning, a little late stage private company news for you. So late last week, the information wrote something that I did not get to as I did the very, very silly thing of taking Friday off. This means that I'm behind on the news and terminally behind on email. Sorry, so my bad there. Anyways, the publication wrote that Asana, which is a widely expected IPO candidate, has some neat growth to report. So here's the news. This July, Asana reported, or projected, I should say, revenue growth of 142 million in 2019 to 236 million in 2020. And in the same projection that it would see 355 million in 2021 revenue. Now, I have taken part in some startup revenue growth projections, so let's take that 2021 number with a grain of huge amounts of salt, proper credulity, whatever you want. But 142 million to 236 is around 66% growth for this year, and of course this was done in July, so they had some data on what was going on. That's a pretty good growth number for a company of Asana's size. Now, the information reports that Asana is worth around 5 billion on private exchanges, which we did the math is 21.1x its 2020 revenue expectation. You know. At that price and kind of with current norms and growth rate, Asana looks a little bit cheap, I want to say, which is interesting to say out loud. Anyways, regardless, the news here is that Asana really is IPO scale and growing at a very attractive growth rate. And in the humble view of this show, should get the fuck on with going public. And that was Equity Monday for July 27th, 2020. Follow the show on Twitter at EquityPod or myself on Twitter at Alex. We are back Friday morning if Palantir doesn't file in the meantime.